This is the Ad Hero Podcast, the podcast that reveals marketing tips, trends, and techniques by industry experts, insiders, and influencers. For years, AdSymbol has helped businesses develop and launch campaigns to amplify their message, establish authority, and earn their lion's share of the market. This podcast will help you design and supercharge your plan to make an impact with valuable lessons you can apply in your business today. To get more information or start now, visit adsymbol.com. That's A-D-S-E-M-B-L-E.com. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ad Hero Podcast, coming to you every Friday on adsymbol.com. My name is Gio Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Olivieri. And we are your personal ad heroes. What up? <laughs> this week's guest is Eric Murr, the VP of Sales and Marketing of Kegaris Outdoor Advertising in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Say what up, Eric. What up? Thank you so much, gentlemen. I'm uh, thrilled to be here, and I am most impressed among all of it that you got the name Kegaris spelled or and. Uh, sounded correctly so well done right. we well. don't mess around here on pronunciation yeah you know we actually had two separate occasions where we went over everything <laughs> right well right. yeah that was by that was by no mistake that we got that one right uh we got an awesome show today for everyone we got uh eric on the show because this whole episode is all about why ad design matters and uh, we have identified uh, Eric here as someone who is just an expert on this subject matter, which is why we wanted him out on the show. And we're going to get into all that in just a second. But before we do, Gino, what do we got dropping in the A block? <laughs> we got some incredible news here coming from the comic book and even gaming industry here. Okay. Do you have a sound effect for that? Uh, I'm looking for the sound effect. I have a list of sound effects. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to go into the uh, first story right in here. All right. And uh, what we have, we have an update for the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Now, if you remember, Justice League came out in 2017. Uh, wasn't critically acclaimed very well, but uh, did bring in somewhat money, but still not enough, I don't think, though, from what Warner Brothers wanted. Uh, however, uh, Zack Snyder, who was a part of the first cut, actually had his own cut uh, made where he, or is, is being in the process of making since he had a fallout of the uh, movie when he was first in production. Uh, now, this new release will be coming out next year, 2021, and will be released on HBO Max. And what's going on is instead of a full length movie, they're probably either going to break it up into a couple of different parts, maybe like four to six. Um, but they're, it's everything's still kind of speculating. However, the first teaser was released with Gal Gadot, AKA wonder woman appearing to discover some sort of ancient artifact as a voiceover from Jesse Eisberg's Lex Luthor explains that a great threat is coming to earth. Okay. Now I just got to Let me interject. Cause that's actually, I didn't even know about that update a four part instead of just releasing the whole feature film. If they're going to break it up into four parts, like a little mini series. It might, yeah. It might be four to six uh, because the, the, the cut was actually really long uh. and they're thinking, well, we have all this time. We have all this content. We have this new platform. Why not just re-release it in like a different format? Okay, so they're trying to follow the the Disney Plus Mandalorian idea. Yeah, like Mandalorian. Uh, okay, I got you. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. 
I kind of like it because what if there's more to the story that like they didn't show in the theatrical release? Well, they could certainly drag it out longer if they're going to do it like as a series for sure. No deleted scenes. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, I mean, it's working for Mandalorian. So who who am I to say? I don't know. Let's, let's get Eric's been Eric. If they were going to re-release a movie with this other director's vision in it, would you be in favor of seeing it as a full cut feature film? or broken up into mini parts, kind of like The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. That's a good question. Uh, and, and I can see both arguments. But I, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, it really depends upon the culture and the, and the timing of the release. Because right now, you know, people are wanting different things. It's, uh, it's a question of how much you can digest at once and what you're really interested in. I, I'd be curious to know what the, you know, what the kind of research is showing about what people really want. You know, people, movies have been shut down for, for so long in so many other areas. I think there's probably a huge appetite for a, a nice, big, full feature. But, uh, but at the end of the day, like you said, Mandalorian's killing it. So, you know, that's, true. that's, hard, that's hard to debate. That's hard to uh, disagree with, too. True, true, true. Okay, well, uh, and either way, no matter which way they do it, I'm looking forward to it. So oh, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. That is getting a lot of buzz right now. It's getting a lot of traction. Something else is getting a lot of traction right now. And I almost jumped out of my seat when I read this because we've recently debated over who was the best all-time actor for the role of Batman. That's right, we did. And uh, it was quite a hot debate. (laughs) So what is the exciting news coming out of the DC Universe on this note? Well, this is coming from The Wrap. And Michael Keaton is in talks of returning to the role of Batman or Bruce Wayne. Um, Nothing's been confirmed yet. There's a lot of rumors out there, though. Um, But let me finish the story real quick. Uh, But this could make an appearance or maybe an actual role in the Flashpoint movie starring the DC character, The Flash, a.k.a. Barry Allen, a.k.a. Ezra Miller, as they'll be exploring the multiverse, kind of like they did on the CW's uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth. If you saw that, it was like Flash, which actually Ezra Miller played a, or had a cameo in as he played his Flash, too. Um, you know, the, the uh, Green Arrow and Supergirl and all those people on there on the CW were there. So they're trying doing the same thing. Maybe there's even rumor that maybe they're continuing what happened on the Crisis on Infinite Earth could reflect what happens in the uh, actual movie as well. But there's a lot of rumors going around. And the thing in that, like, Michael Keaton will be sp- the, the Nick, as it's put, like the Nick Fury of uh, this dc universe and he'll be appearing in like seven different movies but that's nothing's been confirmed and i think the rap was actually the first one to actually break this story and it's funny too because the flashpoint movie that that's been uh pushed back three four times scripts been redone so many different times uh and it's just been kind of a train wreck in the behind the scenes. The movie was supposed to already been out already. Um it's kind of like Marvel's uh, New Mutants movie and how that's been pushed back like three, four years already. Right. That to even have Michael Keaton in the discussion to reprise that role. I mean, in my opinion, maybe maybe Eric feels the same way, but Michael Keaton is like he is he's like my my favorite actor for Batman of all time. Christian Bale, very close second. 
George Clooney, don't even ever bring that up to me. <laughs> don't <laughs> I was about it. to say that. Right. I mean, that's that's the easy one, but uh, yeah, but yeah. But Michael Keaton, well, Eric, are you are you on the Michael Keaton train, or are you a Christian Bale train, or are you? You know, Michael Keaton's a, a hell of an actor because he he's really done a a ton of different roles, and it's you know the more that you know about his roles, I think like Multiplicity, that was absolutely that was incredible. Incredible. have you have you guys seen Multiplicity? Yes, I know so, of it, but never saw it. Ah, it's such a, a brilliant movie. But um, and he just he nailed that so well. It's uh, to sort of think of him doing that, and then also Batman is is quite the you know spectrum. But I'm I kind of lean Val Kilmer actually. I think uh, I really liked. He was um, good. Okay. I, you know, I like Val Kilmer, at, you know, because he's like, you know, he's 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 just studly, you know. I mean, uh, as a guy, I, I got to give him that, you know. But All right. he's, you know, Not but I, I Christian Bale, Christian Bale, solid. Um, I don't put Keaton up there, but I, but I think he's just a little too dark for me. I'm always a very positive guy, so I'm Batman's got that dark side, and and I've got to be, uh, you know, recognize that, you know, most fans are are all about that. So my, my opinion's. Right. So yeah. are we not giving Ben Affleck any credit here? Like I thought he was a darn good uh he's decent. older Bruce Wayne. He's decent. Batman. I don't have a problem with Ben Affleck's Batman role at all. I, I, agree. Just, I, I agree. just when you drop the name actors who played Batman or that question or that idea, he's not the first one that pops into my brain personally as, you know. Yeah. For me it's Michael Keaton Christian Bale 1 and 2. <laughs> It's just, a, and I'm probably biased towards Mel King because he was the original right. Batman, you know, that I grew up watching as a kid. Like right. when I saw that, not movie. Adam West, not Adam West. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not old enough. I'm not old enough to remember Adam West in that role. Uh, let's get into the final big. This is huge. Let's get into the yeah, final this- big story here that just broke this last week. Uh, and Gino. Drop some news about this. Yeah, so this goes out to all the gamers there, and I'm sure a lot of people were really upset, and I had to take uh, a step back to actually learn about this myself. But uh, Mixer, if you're familiar with Mixer, it's going the way of the dodo bird. (laughs) Microsoft is closing its Mixer service on July 22nd and plans to move existing partners over to Facebook gaming. The surprise announcement means Mixer's partners and streamers will be transitioned to Facebook gaming and Microsoft will no longer operate Mixer as a service in a month's time. Microsoft has struggled to reach the scale needed for Mixer to compete with Twitch, YouTube, and even Facebook gaming, which had led to this decision. That's coming from The Verge. Okay, so the the, the reason why we're bringing this up is because I personally have recently started to venture into the online streaming universe. I do have a Twitch channel um at mjo snaps if anybody wants to check that out and i've always been a fan of gaming and watching people play games and stuff like that uh video games and and whatnot so i've started to really kind of take a liking to twitch and that whole universe and then the big news was uh, i think maybe a year ago ninja who's like the most popular gamer in the universe like microsoft paid him a huge obnoxious amount of like, money like 20 million dollars maybe even more with mm. endorsements and all this other stuff connected to it mm. to leave twitch and go and take his whole audience and do all his streaming from the mixer website Correct. which was owned by microsoft and then just recently another very popular gamer named shroud followed suit i don't think he got quite the same payout 10 million wow G- gino <laughs> gino on it with the stats i like that 
So, so Shroud didn't get as much as, as Ninja, but Shroud also had a huge following. And so it kind of looked like there might be a turning of the tide. Like, wow, look at Mixer, like poaching some of the most popular streamers from Twitch onto their platform. And so when I saw this news break on my Twitter feed, I was just like, holy shit, can 2020 get any more messed up? (laughs) This is just like the year to be dropping bombs on people, man, like from all angles and all ways. Uh, because you just didn't see this coming out of anywhere. Like you just, there's no warning for this, especially given the fact that they literally just threw all that money at shroud to get him to come over. And so all the streamers that are still on Twitch, were giving shout outs to Ninja shout outs to shroud saying, Hey, you know, come back home, come back to your family at Twitch, all this different stuff. And, uh, surprisingly, this whole thing that people are just going to want to just pour it over to Facebook gaming. You know, I think a lot of people are still very sketch about Facebook as a, as an organization overall and what they do with their, your data and all this mm, stuff. Mm, and, and there's no guarantee that the Facebook gaming channel or platform is as good if at all compared to what Twitch offers and what mixer was offering. So it kind of just suggests like, Hey, no big deal. We were mixer. Now you're going to be Facebook gaming. But a lot of the comments I was reading from people that were on Mixer were like, screw Facebook. Like, I'll never stream on Facebook. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything to do with them. Blah, 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 blah. So this could get pretty, uh, pretty fishy here. And, you know, what I heard mm. from my source uh, or, what, or one of my sources is that you can't like in this situation, what's the real messed up thing is that you can't just take your content, a year's worth of content. And then just put it over on another platform and say, come join me. It's not that easy. That's correct. Yeah, that is 100% correct. So that was big, big news. Uh, You know, shout out to people who, I mean, a lot of people are going to lose their livelihood. So so a lot of these streamers make money from streaming all day. And then people give them donations and they have sponsorship deals and all that stuff. And a lot of these people are going to be out of the work now. And uh, like you just pointed out, they can't just easily hop over to Twitch, open up a channel over there and replicate what they had going, you know, some more easily than others. But a lot of people are going to have a struggle with that. So anyways, crazy stuff happening there. Uh, Let's transition and actually get into the meat and potatoes of the episode here with uh, having to do with why ad design matters. So, Gino, do you want to let our guest give himself a formal introduction? Sure, yeah. <laughs> we'll just transition out of the A block into that. Eric Murr, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, well, I don't know how far back I, I've got to go, but I've always liked to go back. What's that? <laughs> Your birth. I was born a... No. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a former... Uh, English, I have an English degree and a philosophy degree. And I always kind of start there when I, when, even when I introduce myself to clients, because I think it's just a unique perspective that has really been a big part of, of my success because I don't approach selling the same way. And I get pretty deep when I, when I evaluate stuff, but uh, that was my beginnings. Um, enjoyed, I, I took a blue, blew off a couple years after uh, college. I was a surfer, a skied, snowboard, uh, lived, nice. in Breck, lived in Breck. It was fantastic. Lived at the beach and uh, surfed in storms. And uh, I'm not a good surfer by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, <laughs> I toured, you know, the whole country. And, and then I eventually uh, realized that I 
I needed to, you know, make a make a living. So joined um, joined I got recruited by a uh, by a billboard company in Reading, Pennsylvania, called Penn Advertising, and then I got recruited to uh, manage a division up for Adams Outdoor in the Poconos, and then uh, found my way to Kegaris not too far after that, and I've uh, been there for almost 18 years now. That's wow. an extensive <laughs> resume you have there. Well, I guess I, I talked a little too long. Maybe I was, I was getting the, the wrap it up. <laughs> well, I want to touch upon something I uh, saw on your website there. And it's a quote with the right creative, you can influence, empower and persuade a customer's purchasing decision and get results. And this statement again comes from kegaris.com. What did you mean by this statement? Uh, read that again for me, because I, I, you know, in terms of familiarity, I want to be sure I answer it uh, dead on. Understood. Yes. With the right creative, you can influence, empower, and persuade a customer's purchasing decision and get results. Well, I think it's it's fairly. It seems obvious uh, in the sense that, you know, advertising is about trying to get people to, to change their behavior, change their thoughts, and uh, and what we're trying to remind people is the power of it, because that's that's the essential nature of it. We've got to change behavior. And, and at the end of the day, I think most people still try to approach the medium from an informational standpoint. They assume way too much or they assume way too little, and they really just focus on the information. And it's far more about, about influence. It's about persuasion. So I think that's the heart of that. Uh, could, could you maybe, can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit and compare and contrast like someone who understands the power of the right creative versus someone who's just looking at the information? Uh, sure. Um, well, you know, one of the things that I often encourage people to do is imagine a four letter swear word on red, red letters on white copy driving down, you know, your I-89, I-85, you know, 275, you're driving down a, a loop and you see four letters swear word. It's the medium has absolutely the ability to stop traffic. It's, it's a incredibly powerful, it, like ants, you know, at a picnic there, everyone's just cruising right past these displays. There's a, there's a true opportunity to capture uh, incredible amounts of people. And most people really, you know, they just, they forget that they, they've got to get your attention first. They have to be compelling. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's really where, what we really want people to do is to not now that that example really speaks to information and it's kind of obscure you know but you're asking about influence influence comes down to making sure you put the right opportunity the right relevant piece of information in mm. front of somebody so it matters to them mm. the, the four horse horsemen like i guess i'll use the pc term the four horse people <laughs> you know that we use <laughs> right. is uh, is bold compelling believable and relevant copy you know, if you have, if you really run that litmus test um, against most advertising messages, you'll discover that people are typically missing that mark. It needs to be bold, it needs to be compelling, it needs to be relevant, and it needs to be um, believable. And think about how many ads aren't believable. You know, there's the fine print. I can get, you know, my lease for uh, $1.99 a month. And we're like, oh, yeah, well, what's it going to, it takes 3500 bucks down. You know, that destroys that particular message. Um, you know, if we're putting up their message about, you know, audiences are often way off, off the mark. You know, we're putting up a message that says we're offering something that the minute you offer a sandwich after you just eat, that's irrelevant. You know, it's not going to be a powerful message. So, you know, I, I want to, I'm going to stop here because there's more I want to say about it, but I want to allow you guys to, to 
comment on that? Well, I was just going to say, uh, actually, you're, 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 you're on the verge of, of answering the next question. <laughs> um, when it comes to someone, let's say our listening audience, and they want to start a creative, but they don't know where to begin. What is uh, maybe a rule of thumb you can advise to that person? Uh, again, we have a four-point four, four test. We, you need to know the marketplace. Uh, you need to know your buyer. You need to know your business. And then you need to know the medium. Uh, in knowing the market, you really got to understand your scope of competitors. And I think one of the more important pieces of this is the scarcity of your products or services. You know, if you're offering something that everybody's offering, informational ads are completely, you know, almost pointless. You know, you're, you're trying to, to really motivate somebody to act and you're putting up something up there that's really not that important to them. Like I can get a sandwich every place, you know, across the town. There's 50 restaurants within, you know, five blocks of me. So you've got to really understand, I think, the nature of the competition, but do you guys remember Tickle Me Elmo? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huge. Okay. Well, well, there's a perfect example of knowing when your scarcity is a powerful ingredient where an informational ad might actually just work. You know, if you say, Hey, we have tickle me Elmo's, you'll have you know a million people descend on the, because there weren't enough of them to go around. And that scarcity was what the, the critical piece of information that would motivate a buyer. So then they, you know, that's all you got to say, but you got to know that market to know whether tickle me Elmo's are actually in high demand and, and scarcity in the marketplace. Um, Next thing, of course, you got to do is know your buyer because you can't be selling hamburgers to, to vegans. You know, that, that's obviously going to be a, a failed concept. Um, you know, you kind of need to know your business and really understand what your brand stands for and, and really uh, what you think you bring to the marketplace that's truly unique. Um, I find that so many, and, and, and our marketplace is really um, tons of local, small, mid-sized businesses in rural America. You know, this is, so we're not, we have Philadelphia um, Digital, we have Harrisburg, PA, which is the capital of that state, and, uh, and Charlotte. So we have some major um, national pieces of business that, that flow in there. But for the thousands of boards that we have, a lot of them are local. And so we're really doing a lot of consultation to small, mid-sized businesses. And we find that they really don't know their business. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a little shop, and they, and they say, hey, we, we're a little shop. And we're like, so? You know, I mean, honestly that question so should be continuously asked in every step of the way as you explore mm -hmm. creative, you know, so what? Let's get into kind of like more like the, like intricacies of the creative here. 71% uh, of Americans uh, consciously, this is coming from uh, an American driving survey. 71% of Americans consciously look at billboard messages while driving while 37% report looking at an outdoor ad each or most of the time they pass one. Now, ad symbol gives users on the open display platform guidelines to help make effective ad design, such as, you know, don't use white background, use bold, large, sans serif font, etc. cetera. Uh, with a strong creative background, uh, may you expand on a list uh, for our listening audience on how effective color and font are used for the viewer? I'm a big believer in, you know, delegating the task where they're, where the experts, you know, take, take charge. And mm. when it comes to the creative and the dynamic back and forth, there's, there's so many great graphic designers out there that you can tap into at any, any, any city in America. I think the one thing that 
you know, to your question, I'm, while I can tell you that red and blue vibrate, and that's not a good combination, and red is a strong contrast to white, there are some basic principles that certainly you get. But I would say my expertise isn't in the actual creative design per se, and the, and the color contrasts and the layouts and fonts, as it really is about understand psychologically what the hell is the most powerful offer you can put out there to the right person at the right time. So to me, I think that the real issue is in creative for billboards is the priority of the key information that is the most compelling and relevant offer to the most number of people in your target audience. And I find over and over again that so many businesses really, they, they, they kind of just neutralize the copy and they fill it with so much information and they get away from that four-letter swear word per se. And, and if you're like a hotel and there's, there's been 20 miles between hotels, you're like, hotel, that's it. That's all you got to say. I'm, I'm exhausted. So you're fulfilling my need. You know, I mean, I think, you know, I, I always use, I use metaphors all the time and it really helps, I think, you know, uh, describe situations. And I, and I, you have to ask yourself, you know, you pretend you're a doctor and what do you prescribe to your patients? You know, I, I got aspirin. Well, you know, what if somebody doesn't have a headache? You know, you're, you're, you're peddling the wrong shit. It's uh, it's really about making sure you've asked enough questions to say, what's the problem? Well, I've got a broken leg. Well, I've got the perfect aspirin for you. You're like, dude, you know, that's, that's not really what I need. I need to, I need to fix my leg. I need to put a cast on it, you know? So businesses I think need to really be real about their situation. They're, they're, one of the best pieces of advice I got when, when it came to advising clients about creative was, you know, was they recognize that these, you're, you're too close to it. Business owners are too close. They can't be objective about their own business. They're, they're passionate about it. They're, they're living it. They're breathing it. They're just, they're dying over it. You know, they're really, uh, they're really, they can't, they can't see it honestly, but that's one of the biggest piece of advice I give to is to, is to is to clients is to say, you know, ping your friends, you know, ask random surveys and say, what what's the real offering you have here? And they're thinking, oh, our great cheeseburger is amazing, and everyone's like, your cheeseburger sucks, you know. I mean, but <laughs> you know what? I love your coleslaw; it's phenomenal, you know. And and then ask yourself, well, one in twelve, you know, one 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 in a hundred people like coleslaw. Well, that's not going to really be great in the medium of billboards, you know, because billboards are about you know, a medium that talks to everybody. So, so what I'm kind of taking away from what you're sharing here for, for our listeners is the concept of why ad design matters and ad design principles, so to speak, is inclusive of not only color scheme and font size and font selection and stuff like that, which should be left to a graphic design professional who just innately understands color palettes and, and all those kinds of things. But it really goes hand in hand with, as you say, knowing your marketplace, knowing your buyer, knowing your business, understanding the medium, and then connecting that to the bold, believable, compelling, relevant offer that you're trying to make. Honestly, that, that, that's 18 years in the making of really trying to simplify this with a, with a four-step test in terms of really, you know, general strategy and understanding of the information and then a four-part test of utilize, of taking that information and, and funneling it into outdoor advertising and uh, specific I, medium. Because, because you know, Matt, as we talked, one of my favorite metaphors, and if, if my sales team's listening in on this, which I told them, you know, hey, it's our team. It's not 
my team. There's a, we have a general sales manager who runs our team. And then there's me who, who uh, vacated that role a while ago. And, uh, and so all of us, you know, but they've heard me do my spiel and, and uh, that, that classic, um, indeed, I've maybe lost my train of thought, but the, um, but as we were talking, media are tools in a toolbox, you know, you, Right. Understanding right. that outdoor advertising is going to fill a specific role in that is it's it's going to exclaim. It's not going to explain. You know, use other mediums to explain. You but use us to exclaim. You know, the fact that you you have an amazing cheeseburger. You know, or pick pick your battle. Now, identify what really is is attractive out there amongst the sea. I mean, this is a this is a global world of competition. You know, if, if you're going to, you know, battle with a knife and you, you need a gun, you know, I mean, you've got to you got to have a real strong story um, and it needs to be well received by the public or it's a really missed opportunity. So, yeah, Matt, you know, I mean, know know what the function is of outdoor advertising in its role. And I, I find that the other mistake that a lot of small, mid-sized businesses do is they think that billboards can take somebody from A to Z. They, they can't, you know, we're going to move a ton of people into awareness that from A to T, but don't expect them to buy that day. You know, Oh, Bob has pools. Okay. Good to know. You know, John sells insurance. Good to know. Someday I'll actually connect with Bob, you know, Tom or these people and I'll be in the marketplace for that, but use the medium to build that powerful awareness in the four letter swear word to say, you know, I'm Joe Smith and I sell insurance. Like, ah, everybody now knows that. But right. the T to Z equation is, is completing the task. That can either be call to action. You know, you're like, I'm driving, I'm sleepy, and, you know, I need to, you know, I need a hotel room, and boom, there's the hotel room. I've got the bed, and you've got the tiredness. Boom, those things come together, and, and I, all I got to do is, you know, act on that particular message. Um, or it's, you know, I've been wanting to buy this mattress, but they've been too expensive, and now they're on sale for half off. So that's the, that's the T to Z that, that gets that done, so. So let me just put a bow tie on that. So again, what Eric basically just summated there, as he stated, is 18 years of his experiences in this space, all the thousands of campaigns, probably tens of thousands of campaigns he's worked on and seen, and bringing all that knowledge, packaging it all up nice, clean, and neat, those four talking points right there, looking at from those... I mean, if I was listening to this and I'm a small business owner, I'm bookmarking this particular episode because this, this is information that's going to help you. And, you know, and Eric's just dropping that knowledge right now. I love that. I think we're going to go big on that in the show notes and put that all over our Twitter and everything else, kind of linking that back to this particular episode because I just want more people to hear that. Because like you, we have a lot of users come to our website and they just upload atrocious looking things uh and and they don't understand any of those four core points on terms of ad design nor do they understand the other four points about understanding their business and 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 all that stuff so thank you so much for for sharing that for a listening audience gino's got one more final question for you right here gino hit it okay so someone getting into the industry like what you're doing okay what is some advice you can give that next person who wants to join the world of advertising Love people, you know, let, you know, if, if you're going to get into outdoor advertising um, and selling, is that what your question is about actually selling or in the, or in the business in general? Uh, you know, well, since we're talking about like creatives and like making the creative and uh, you know, how to, how to get the message across. How to get the message across. 
Yeah, I, I think that would extend to the sales side, right? Yeah, okay. because we're, yeah, we're not referencing the actual, the, you know, like I said, the graphic artist would do the actual ad design. But yeah, like kind of what you do, uh, how long you've been doing stuff like that. Like someone listening right now, and they're like, man, uh, that sounds really fascinating, this whole universe. I want to I get into that. Wait, it's kind of, kind of switching up a little bit, but just, you know, you have all this years of experience. What, what would you recommend to that individual? Uh, I love the love people, by the way. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's the key. It is, man. I mean, it's about passion. It's about, I mean, you know, study the medium, drive around and, and pay attention to which billboards, uh, you know, speak to you. Um, recognize that you know, this, the choice to get into outdoor advertising it is a fantastic business. And, and the 18 years, by the way, is with Kegris, 25 overall for the record. Wow. Um, so it's, it's really, it's quarter of a century for me. And I just, and I've never, I've not once lost the passion for this business or its potential. It is, it still is a rock star. I mean, Apple, Amazon, and Google, all top 10 outdoor advertisers last year. I mean, the smartest tech companies in the world are all, I mean, and, and the layers of geofencing and all the cool technology and what the guy, what you guys are doing. I mean, it's just unbelievable what's, what's happening with people recognizing how incredibly visible and powerful our medium is. With with the relentless number of channels and uh, that people were fragmented through, so you know, run to this industry is what I tell somebody. You know, and and I mean, go for it because it's gonna really. You know, you're not you're not, you're not selling salt and pepper shakers. You know, you're not designing something that's gonna sit in a in some uh, industry trade magazine. You know, on a shelf somewhere, and nobody's gonna see it. You know, mm. everybody's gonna see your message. Right. So if you want your, you know, you want to really go for it creatively or, or go for selling a product that has real value, my God, it's here because this, yeah. this industry kills it. It's I, I want to echo, I want to echo your sentiments that, uh, I've now been here for 11 years, almost 12 years. I've never lost a single day of passion and excitement for this industry and what we get to get to get up and do every single day. I love it. I absolutely love it. So yeah, if you're if you're someone out there listening to this and you're you're thinking like, man, this sounds like a really fun space to work in. I want to apply for a job in this space. Uh, that that's great, man. Really appreciate it, Eric. Where can our listening audience learn more about Kegaris? Where can they connect with you in the internet sphere? Give give the rundown. Let's let's get yeah, some well, contact we, points going here. We're, we're uh, we have a nice blog. Um, I really I take I take some time to really kind of articulate my thoughts, and so does our creative director, so does our marketing director, and and, and other folks in the organization. They definitely take some shots at this. But you can find us at keggers.com, K-E-G-E-R-R-E-I-S. I spell it eighty thousand times in my life because <laughs> nobody knows how to spell it. But yeah, uh, one G two E's. Or, I'm sorry, one G two R's E I S dot com, and uh, and you can you know and you'll find me there. Our you can. You can click on me if you have any questions, you know, you want to hit me up. I love networking. I, you know, I've got 3,500 people in my LinkedIn and I, I, nice. I really love mentoring people and, and helping people. And if they have any interest in the business, I'll shoot straight and, and uh, tell them what's up. Can they also engage you with a debate on English literature? Uh, absolutely. I would, <laughs> I, I, would, I would love that. Uh, in fact, I, there's nothing better uh, than, than really <laughs> hashing it out over what, what is truth or, or uh, you know, what is beauty? Love that. Gino, man, what do you think? Is that a good show? I think it really was. You want to, you want to wrap it up? You want to take us home? What's your final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, you know, well, first of all, thank you, Eric, for being on the, our show. Uh, I think there's a lot of 
people who can take this information and apply it to their business, especially small businesses, because we get people all the time that, you know, they're just not sure how their creative should be. Or like Matthew said, uh, they upload their creative or like, I don't know if that, that's really going to work, but okay. If that's what you want to do, then fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, I think a, the healthiest thing a person can do is really detach themselves a little bit because they're, they come to the table, typically designing artwork, thinking, everybody's going to love me. And uh, the reality is people are like, it's billboard advertising is pure advertising. You're either, it's, it's not buoyed up by other editorial content. It's a sign on the side of the road. You only look at it if it's bold enough and it's compelling enough. And in our world, you've got to get at least over that first hurdle big time. So mm. by the definitely, way, what's that? I'm sorry, go on. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a mission. Number one is really getting real with your offer and saying, do people care about this? Because, and then, not saying that's not expecting it to do everything. It's, it's going to do one thing incredibly well, the awareness, call to action, introduce your cheeseburger, you know, show your face that you're the face of that insurance agency. But man, if you do that right and really stick to that fundamental, instead of trying to junk it up with, it's like so attractive. There's so much space. You're like, I got to shove more stuff in. It's like, no, it's got to jump off the side of the road. It's a static Keep it message. simple, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Or sure. silly. We're going to go. We're going to be more <laughs> right. polite about it. Um, by the way, thank you for mentioning about how uh, people think how billboards will take you from A to Z when really maybe it just takes you to A to T. Great point. Great right. point of that. So we're going to wrap things up here on the Ad Hero podcast. Make sure to listen to us every Friday. You can also catch us on adsymbol.com. And uh, you can apply and get yourself an own digital billboard ad space on OpenDisplay.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love those sound effects. <laughs> Matthew, do you have something to say? Yeah, yeah. Connect with us on uh, all social media channels at adsymbol.com. Don't forget to connect with our guest today, Eric, and on go check out his blog. And you can personally connect with me on Twitter at, at Matthew Olivieri. And Gino, where can they hit you up at? Uh, GG Ad Hero, and you can go to YouTube, uh, Gino Giovanni Presents. And if you hit us up, you're getting a swag it's, pack. Oh, that swag pack. I don't need my swag pack. Yeah. <laughs> no, some, someone, someone just hit us up last week after last week's show. They, no got, they got a swag pack on the way coming up. Good. I'm telling you, this, this, isn't a, this isn't a fake offer, man. It's really, there's there's really, some good stuff in there. Real good stuff. Real good, good stuff. Uh, Again, catch us every Friday here on the Ad Hero Podcast. My name is Gino Giovanni. And I'm Matthew Olivieri. And I'm Eric Murr, damn it. <laughs> and we're out. We're out. Thank you, guys. It was great. Want to advertise big and build massive brand authority at the same time? It's easier than you think. Open Display by AdSymbol lets you advertise on digital billboards nationwide. Just go to OpenDisplay.com for a free account to get started.